0: Fourth and manageable, manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards.
1: So, Tyler, we talked on Saturday night after the games were over about the emphatic win that Georgia had over Oregon. In the post-game, Kirby Smart said something that uh, ruffled a lot of feathers, uh, some, some duck feathers, especially out on the West Coast. Let's hear what he had to say. Up
0: against the old friend and Dan man. Well, it wasn't about Dan Lanning, you know, I mean, it really wasn't, I, I saw him before the game, um, got a lot of respect for him, we talked about talking after the game and, and, and telling each other tendencies or ideas we had to try to get better,
1: um, we agreed not to share with other people because it only hurts both of us, and he's, he's I got a lot of respect for Dan, you know, we, some of those players out around that field, Dan Lanning recruited, and Dan Lanning did a tremendous job for the University of Georgia, While he worked for the University of Georgia, and now he's working for Oregon he's going to do a really good job at Oregon. He's relentless and they'll bounce back from this. And uh, he knows that we
0: got better players and he'll never say it, but he knows we got better players and I respect
1: how it works. So Tyler, when you hear that, what are your thoughts? Did you have any issue with what Kirby smart said?
0: Uh, No, I really didn't have an issue. Uh, I don't think he was attacking, you know, the, the players. I think he's just saying they have a better team, which if you watch, any point, like part of that game, you realize very quickly that Georgia was a way better team. So I don't think it was a personal attack on the players. I think it was more of a a team thing, and just the way it was worded and said. I think everyone kind of took it out of proportion.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think he was clearly trying to talk up Dan Lanning, and it's not Lanning's fault that his players aren't as good as Georgia's. In fact, Lanning is partly responsible for how good Georgia's players were. That was the whole angle that Kirby's taking. Uh, But at the same time, could there have been anything more blatantly obvious than that Georgia's players were a lot better than Oregon's? I mean, how could you even attempt to dispute that? And what I would say is, if you're an Oregon player, if you had a problem with it, you should have done something about it after Georgia marched the length of the field to go up 14-0 in the first quarter. You know, if, if you're taking issue with this after the game, you got much bigger problems to deal with.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, I think what he was also getting to is that Landing is a good recruiter. And so it's more of a it's going to take time for him to build up that program to a Georgia style team that he recruited for years. And so I think it's going to he's just saying it's going to take some time for Oregon to bounce back. I don't think it was a personal attack on any players. I just he stated a fact that his team was better than Oregon.
1: And and it's a fact. <laughs> Anybody who watched the game can attest to it. It is a fact. Georgia's players are a lot better than Oregon's, at least in 2022, they are. So I want to ask you about something that at this time of every season, we hear over and over. It is Coach Speak 101, which is that the biggest improvement that a team makes from one game to the next throughout the season is from week one to week two. So I'll ask you, Tyler. Number one is this true, and if so, why is it true?
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely true. It's the first, you know, real test a team gets against another opponent. You go from, you know, practicing against your team for months, and then all of a sudden, you know, the real bullets start flying. You know, the quarterback's not getting tagged off anymore; they can finally tackle them. You know, there's there's actually guys trying to, you know, hit you pretty hard. And so, when the bullets are flying, that's when you kind of find out what kind of team you have. And so I think going back, I think a lot of these teams finally have film and can see, hey, you know, where can we improve? You know, we were really bad on third down this week. How do we improve that? Is it scheme? Is it just, you know, we didn't make the plays that were there? And so finally getting film against another opponent and kind of seeing how they attacked you in ways to try to, you know, exploit your weaknesses. And if they did, how do we fix that? And so I think it's always having game film is one of the best coaching tools. All right. So with that in mind,
1: here's a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot in the sec. I'm going to give you four options. Who needs to make the biggest improvement from week one to week two in order to stay undefeated. So based on what you saw this past weekend, who's going to have to make the biggest jump in order to win again, this coming weekend, either South Carolina which is playing at Arkansas, Kentucky which is playing at Florida, Missouri which is playing at Kansas State or Vanderbilt which is playing at home against Wake Forest.
0: Uh I think it's got to be Kentucky. Uh they're going into Florida. Florida's coming off a big win. They just, you know, I don't want to say upset number 7 Utah cuz it was pre- pretty evenly matched game, so there wasn't a big discrepancy there. Uh but Kentucky didn't beat Miami of Ohio by a lot. I mean, it was a it was a close game at halftime. It wasn't like, you know, the final score ended. It was close. And I think they struggled on, you know, third down. They struggled moving the ball, running it. And so if they if they can't you know, if they're one dimensional going into Florida, it is going to be a long day for them.
1: Let me ask you about the psychological dynamic of this game, because on on one hand, what you said is absolutely true, which is Florida looked a lot better than Kentucky did last weekend. On the other hand, though, Florida was clearly jacked up. They were ready to play a game on their home field as an underdog against a top 10 team. And they went out there with a lot to prove. You can't say the same thing for Kentucky at home against Miami of Ohio. Does Kentucky have any sort of advantage at all in that now after getting a game under their belt, they can get up psychologically for a big game as opposed to Florida, which is trying to do it for a second week in a row. I guess my question is how hard is it to do that for a second week in a row to, to, to bring your a game from a psychological standpoint?
0: It's tough. I mean, they, (laughs) there's a lot of energy exerted on that field to beat Utah. And so the guys are probably tired, have to recover, uh, have to get some film study in. Cause I mean, they played a good game. They played a hard game, but you played number seven, you Kentucky will probably be ranked a little, little higher than they were last week. And so you have back-to-back ranked opponents. It's, it's tough having to go out there and put two good games back to back. Whereas Kentucky, they didn't really play well. So all they they can do is improve. And so I think they, just have to go into it. Florida's going to be ranked. I don't know how high, but they should be ranked. And they're going to have to go in there and, you know, raise the bar from playing a Miami of Ohio to playing Florida.
1: Well, so I mentioned that this time of year, one of the staples is coach speak and hearing all that talk about the improvement from week one to week two. Another staple of this week of the year is week one overreactions. You know, we, we have only one game to go off of, and we've got to make something out of it, right? And so everybody loves to just change a lot of their preseason perceptions based on what happens in that one game that they got to see. And so I'm going to throw out some scenarios to you here, or, or some statements is probably a better way to say it. And you tell me, is this truth, or is this a week one overreaction? LSU is the worst team in the SEC West. Truth or week one overreaction?
0: Uh, I think that's definitely a week one overreaction. Uh, that was <laughs> They have a, a lot of learning to do. Obviously, they didn't put their, their best play on tape. And so I think they have a lot to improve. They're going to get back to the drawing board. Coaches need to clean some things up. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see next week uh, what adjustments they make. But I think that's a definite overreaction.
1: Do you have a team in mind that you think that LSU is definitely better than in the West or you're just saying LSU couldn't be as bad as they looked last night?
0: Uh, it's more of they couldn't couldn't be as bad as they look last night. OK, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental mistakes made last night. All
1: right. My next one. Tennessee will be undefeated. Let's let's keep in mind, uh, Tennessee absolutely dominated back on Thursday night. It was it was. Overmatched opponent, uh, and it was several days ago, but Tennessee looked really good, as good as you could probably hope for in week one. Tennessee will be undefeated entering the Alabama game. And just, just to refresh everyone out there, the key games Tennessee has coming up in between are this weekend at Pitt, and then against Akron, Florida in Knoxville, and then at LSU. So Tennessee will be undefeated entering the Alabama game. Truth or week one overreaction?
0: Oh, that one's tough. <laughs> You're playing with the heartstrings here. Uh, That's
1: right. That's the whole idea.
0: Um, I think it's an overreaction. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this. But, I mean, you got Pitt. I mean, Akron, hopefully they don't, you know, fumble that one. But you have Pitt, Florida, and LSU got to play before Alabama. And, I mean, to be perfect against all three of those teams is tough. I mean, they could do it, but at the same time, that's that's tough to put three three big games like that together before facing Alabama. And so, I think the only possibility they have is if you know they stay injury free, and it's you know everybody's you know healthy. I think that's the best shot they got. But if they're battling stuff, it's going to be tough for them.
1: Yeah, I, I think you have the correct answer here. I'm not saying that that will be the way it plays out. I'm just saying from a combined probability standpoint you have the right perspective, which is that it's not a hundred percent chance to win any of those games individually. And when you start putting together, you know, at Pitt, at LSU and a home game against Florida, there's enough of a chance to lose each one that the more likely scenario is that they would lose at least one before Alabama. Um, But they got a shot to win them all. We'll see. And to
0: all all the Vols fans, I just got to say, I do have a Tennessee (laughs) Valls shirt on. I am a vol at heart, but uh, I got to you know, be honest, honest on here. So I can't it, it, just be a that's right, you no know, Homer.
1: Yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a broadcaster, you, you got to be able to bring the object objectivity uh, when necessary. And and you did a did a great job. You passed the first test. All right. <laughs> so the last one I have for you, um, Alabama and Georgia will both enter the SEC championship game undefeated. Truth or week one overreaction.
0: Uh, i'm gonna say truth i think it's i mean i don't see any of them slipping up they don't have to play each other so that's a plus for both of them uh and i don't see them really having any issues i know it's tough to say as a tennessee guy because they both play tennessee but they're the two best teams in the nation hands down and they i mean even though alabama didn't play a tough opponent week one georgia did and they showed what you know powerhouse SEC football is all about and Alabama, everybody knows what Alabama is. So I don't think they needed to go out week one and, you know, beat the team by a hundred for us to be like, Oh, they're the, you know, normal Alabama.
1: I think most people in college football would agree with your answer there. So uh, good job. Asked a bunch of questions. You, you gave answers. See, that's the most important thing. You don't beat around the bush, give a half answer. You gave full answers to every question. So whether you're right or wrong, you're a winner in my book, Tyler. Congratulations. (laughs) All right. Hey, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for playing that game with me. And uh, thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Uh, for everybody who is just now finding us, uh, just be aware that you can uh, listen to us. It might not be myself and Tyler every time, but you can listen to this podcast fourth and manageable, uh, downloaded every Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday morning after we record on Saturday nights after the game. And at any point, if you want to send us a question, For any of those shows, uh, feel free to do so on Twitter. Just do uh, hashtag SEC22, and we would love to answer your questions. So thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.